All right, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Miss Becky, my lovely wife. You just witnessed the most amazing, most beautiful, most supercalifragilisticexpialidocious piano special ever. All right, and uh, I don't get to brag on her very often, so uh, that was a long word. Uh, but uh, thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's not easy probably uh, for a pastor to ask somebody else to take up his spot when he's got things on his heart that he wants to share. And so I appreciate the opportunity. It's also not easy uh, preaching in front of your pastor. And uh, so especially one who's taught Greek and uh, has been a student of the Bible much longer than I've been alive. And uh, so I just appreciate the opportunity. But what I do want to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, we'll get started tonight. Look at verse number 4, and uh, this will be our, our text verse we'll kind of launch off from. We'll look at much other scripture tonight, uh, but we'll start here in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse number 4. And the Bible says this, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit tonight about this topic, let's bring them up. And uh, so let's get started with a word of prayer this evening, and uh, then we'll get into the message. Father, thank you for the opportunity once again to be here in your house tonight. Lord, I do thank you for the opportunity you've given to me to be able to stand uh, in this pulpit. And uh, Lord, a, a sacred opportunity, uh, Lord, a sacred responsibility. And Lord, I just thank you for... Uh, the privilege that it is to preach your word, and Lord, I pray you take it and use it in our hearts and in our lives tonight. Lord, do what you can do, and only you can do, and uh, Lord, I pray you just take me out of the way, and uh, Lord, use your word tonight to touch hearts, and uh, Lord, may we see tonight the example that we need to be to this next generation, and Lord, I pray you'd uh, use this uh, passage and use what is said to bring glory and honor to you, and we pray this in Christ's name, amen. Now, being graduation Sunday night, I know that uh, uh, this may be is supposed to be for Shannon, and uh, I've got something for her. We're going to get to that in a little while, and so you just got to hang on. Uh, but I wanted to stop it, or, or start by just taking an opportunity to talk to uh, our parents tonight, and uh, those who have uh, kids that are not in the youth group yet, those who maybe have kids in the youth group, those who uh, maybe have kids that are already out of the youth group. And, uh, but this message applies to everyone. There's something in here for everyone, so don't, uh, don't turn me off if you're not in one of those categories. And uh, try and get something from tonight, and uh, we'll get to uh, the challenge for our graduates here in just a minute. But, uh, you know, as a youth pastor, there's a lot of times that I see uh, and, and I find uh, the, the kids deal with certain things. And uh, especially in our world today, they're dealing with things that, uh, as you know, although I'm young still, uh, things I would have never thought that I would have ever seen in our country. Um, you know, when I was in Bible college, they used to say, uh, you're going to deal with things that we never had to deal with. My professors used to tell us that all the time. And uh, as, we, as we started to go out and we were going into ministry, and, you know, as parents tonight, as adults, uh, kids today, and, and even at very young ages, are dealing with things that we would have never even thought possible uh, for them to be dealing with, and yet they're dealing with them. And uh, many times, the, the, the thing that Becky and I deal with is that 
we get them when they are teenagers and they're coming into the youth group and they maybe have already dealt with a lot of those issues. Maybe they've already got some of those issues embedded into their lives. And so then, you know, sometimes it's like parents bring them and, and they maybe are dealing with issues or struggles and they want us to just fix them and, uh, and send them back home. And sometimes that's not possible. And so hopefully tonight with the, the message, this will just be an encouragement. And uh, maybe if you have kids that are not in the youth group yet, maybe this will be just an encouragement to help you uh, train them up, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord before they get to that point and before they're dealing with some of those struggles and before they have a lot of those things embedded into their lives. And so we're going to talk about uh, just bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I believe a lot of those things that teens struggle with really can be avoided if we would just do what the Bible tells us to do here in this passage. And so we'll look at some of these individual words and some of these individual thoughts. But uh, we're going to start with uh, this thought tonight, uh, starting off with the outline. Number one is just going to be teaching. Uh, you know, kids, children, teenagers, young people need teaching in their lives. And uh, I think as we look at uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4, I think that's really the thrust of that verse. And uh, this passage is dealing with many different things. It starts off in verse number one, talking to children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Then it transitions talking from the children to talking to the parents. And although it says, and ye fathers, uh, this is not speaking directly just to uh, the male figure of the, the, the family, uh, the ordained family order, all right? So this is not just to the fathers, this is including mothers, uh, but I do believe that fathers, as God has ordained you to be the head of the home, I think that's why they indicate here, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And if you continue, it goes on, and he's talking to servants, and he's telling various different things that we need to do in our lives. But verse number four, you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Those two words, nurture and admonition, really, if you, if you boil them down, uh, mean teaching. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about these. So letter A, uh, well, let's do this first. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter four. I've got that verse in there. Uh, Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter four, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. And all the way back uh, as God begins to give Israel and give the nation of Israel, begins to teach them the law and the various things that God wants for Israel to follow, he starts off at the very beginning of that talking about teaching their children. And so we're going to talk here about teaching just a little bit. Letter A, uh, we're going to look at this first word there that we saw in verse number four, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So the nurture uh, letter A is just training. Uh, that's what that word nurture uh, means. In fact, uh, the, the word, if I'm 
correct in this. This is why it's nervous speaking in front of your pastor who's a Greek teacher because uh, we're probably going to have a conversation later this week in the office about what I got wrong. But uh, the word nurture there uh, means the whole training and education of children. Uh, it implies disciplinary correction, uh, especially by correcting mistakes and curbing passions in their lives. It's not just training, it's training with correction in love. And so it, it involves much here, uh, much more than just training them and saying this is number one, two, three, four, this is how you do this, go from point A to point D or whatever it is. It's much more than giving them a, a list of, uh, or a, um, what am I thinking of, a, uh, a directions list, uh, you know, those uh, directions that you get and uh, they're from China and they never make any sense and it takes longer to put something together than just by trying to figure it out on your own. Uh, it's not that kind of a list, all right? It's not just a, a list of, here, let's get this done. It's along the way training them and teaching them and helping them to understand maybe what they did wrong along the way. Maybe where they need to change this or, or apply this here or do this differently. And so it's, it's in love correcting them and in, in certain times and in certain cases, uh, even doing discipline, even performing discipline in their life. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 15, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. We don't hear a lot of, uh, of teaching and preaching uh, upon discipline like what I remember as a boy. Uh, you know, I remember as a kid hearing pastors stand up and they would preach and they would say, you need to spank your child every day on principle. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that that is right either, all right? But I certainly think that today in our world, there, there has been a swing in the opposite direction away from uh, physical discipline. And yet, in the book of Proverbs, I think it's six or seven times uh, just in the book of Proverbs where we see very specifically that the rod and physical discipline is mentioned. Now, physical discipline is not always the answer. Uh, and, and every child is different. We'll see that here in a minute. Uh, but foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, the Bible tells us. But the rod of correction will drive it far from him. And so there is a time and a place for that discipline when it is necessary. The Bible also tells us, look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. The pastor read these verses, or a couple of these verses this morning. But the Bible says here in verse number 14 of 2 Timothy 3, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. That word instruction right there, we'll finish reading the verse in a second, but that word instruction is the same exact Greek word as nurture here in Ephesians chapter 4, or Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And so it's, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And, and right there, Paul is telling Timothy 
that the word of God is profitable for all these things. And he's, he's reminding Timothy and, and telling Timothy, you've known the scriptures from a child. Well, if we were to go back and maybe explore that a little bit, uh, Timothy had a mother and even a grandmother uh, that instilled in him uh, the word of God. And so it didn't just happen by, by, by magic. It didn't just happen by osmosis. It didn't just happen uh, by happenstance or by chance. It happened because his parents and his grandparents uh, took the time and they said there's a need for this for Timothy in his life. And so they instilled in him the word of God. And it was profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Doctrine is, is, is teaching, teaching the principles of God's word. Reproof is, is the disciplinary side of that. Correction is correcting the wrong. And then instruction in righteousness is just teaching us how to keep those things right and live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And so all of those things are profitable and we see those things coming from the scripture. And the purpose is verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. The word there means complete. That he may have everything that is needed uh, to, to live a life, as the verse continues, truly furnished unto all good works. He may live a life that is pleasing to God. And so we see uh, the, the teaching or the training here, bringing them up in the nurture but we also see letter B, we're going to see the instruction. And that comes from this word here uh, in verse number four, uh, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that word admonition just means instruction. The Bible tells us again in the book of Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, and, when, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates." Uh, you know, as I look at that passage, all I see is that somebody is deciding that they are going to keep the Word of God, and God is telling them to keep the Word of God in front of their home and in front of their children in every aspect of their life. Uh, go back and look at that again, starting in verse number 7. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk about them when thou sittest in thy house. When you're, when you're sitting there, when you're, as a family, you're together, you should be talking about what the Bible says. You should be teaching them what the Bible has to say. When thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, every aspect of our life should have some form or fashion. We should be teaching and training children. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt be as frontlets between thy eyes. Thou shalt write them on the post of thy house and on thy gates. Everywhere we go, we should be putting the word of God. Now, I don't know exactly how they did this in, in the Bible time. Uh, today, we go into a lot of houses, and you might have one of those vinyl stickers that you put up, and it's got a Bible verse on it, or it's got a, a principle from the Scripture, or it's got a, a thought or, or a phrase or a quote or something along those lines. There are a lot of different ways to put in front of us and remind us everywhere we go in our life what God's Word is saying. 
And it's just reinforcing, it's reinstating, it's, it's helping to just build and build and build upon truth every single day in front of our families and in front of our children. And children need teaching in their lives. They need, they need this instruction. They need the, the, uh, the help that is given, the training, the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. One commentator said about, this, uh, about these two words in this passage here, he said this, Both are to be of the Lord, such as He inspires and approves, instilling sound principles of life, training to good habits, cautioning and protecting against moral dangers, encouraging prayer, Bible reading, church going, Sabbath keeping, taking pains to let them have good associates or good friendships, good relationships, and especially dealing with them prayerfully and earnestly in order that they may accept Christ as their Savior and follow Him. That's the purpose of bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I hope is your number one goal as a parent, if you have younger children that maybe have not done this yet, is that you would see them trust Christ their Savior. But then once they have trusted Christ, the next goal then is to begin to train them and teach them and help them to know God's Word. And don't ever underestimate how uh, that, that, uh, that a child is too young to learn Scripture and to learn the principles of God's Word and to learn the things that they need to learn. They are a lot smarter and they pick up things a lot sooner than we give them credit for a lot of times. And they can learn these things at a very, very early age. And so don't be afraid to start them very, very young and teaching them and training them. And so we must not just be instructing children and telling them what to do, but also when necessary, lovingly correcting and disciplining them. Bring them up in nurture and admonition in such a manner as is suitable to their reasonable natures. Proverbs tells us that we are to train up a child in the way he should go. See, each child is different, and each child has a different way. Each child is, is God, God tells us to, to train up a child in the way that he, singular, should go. And when he, singular, is old, he will not depart from it, that singular, individual way. See, what works for one child may not work for another child. The discipline that worked in one child's life is probably not going to be suitable for the next child. And so we have to be careful that we, as we train and as we teach, that each child may be a little different and may require a little bit different type of teaching to train them up and bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so may God help us to have wisdom to be able to do this. And this isn't, again, this isn't just for parents. Adults that don't have children... Guess what? When you are here at church, these little children that are sitting across this auditorium, they are looking up and they are watching every single one of you in this room. They're seeing the things that you do. And so just because they're not necessarily your children, you can still have a part in training them and being an example to them of godly living. These children are picking up things that we have no idea they're picking up just by watching the way we do things and the way that we talk and the way that we dress and the way that we respond to situations and, and the conversations that we have, they're picking those things up. And so we need to be very careful that we are having wisdom to help bring these children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord.
And so we see that we need to have teaching. But children also need to have truth in their life. They need to have truth. And uh, I was just thinking about uh, truth, and, and I hadn't planned this. I hadn't seen that uh, Pastor was going to start a series through uh, magnifying the scriptures this month. Uh, but, you know, children need truth in their life. And that's really the only thing that is going to truly make a difference in them is the truth of God's word. And so we need to give them truth. And I, I was thinking about that fact, and I, and I thought, here's just a few ways that I thought of that are good for children to know truth or some different circumstances or some different uh, areas in which they need to have truth. And so letter A is they need to have truth at home. We already talked about that a little bit, that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, where it talks about uh, the, the word of God and putting it before them in every aspect of their life. And so we need to do that at home. But Joshua said this in Joshua 24, verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that was one of our, our theme verses a couple of years ago. And it's something that each one of us, I hope that we are deciding, we are choosing that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what the next family is doing. It doesn't matter what somebody else in the church is doing. It doesn't matter what the neighbor is doing. It doesn't matter what the, the child's friend that's in school and what their family is doing. What are you doing? Are you going to make a decision that in your home and in your house, you are going to instill truth in your family? And that's the decision that Joshua was saying. He said, look, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to choose. Are you going to serve the gods which your father served, the gods of the Amorites where you're dwelling right now, or are you going to serve God alone? And he said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what everyone else does. It doesn't matter how ridiculed I might be. It doesn't matter how looked down upon or how weird or how strange somebody else might think that I am. I am going to serve the Lord. And honestly, today, it's not a popular thing to bring your children up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. It's not maybe uh, what society would agree with or what culture would say is the right way to do it. But we have to make a decision if we're going to do that because that's what God wants for us. They need truth at home, but they also need truth about the world in which they live. The Bible tells us here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And you know, nothing in this world, nothing in this world is a friend to your children. I, I, I thought of that statement before I put it down, and I, and I tried to think of one thing that this world is propagating and putting forth that would be of a benefit and a help, spiritually speaking, to your children. And I couldn't think of one. Now, there are all kinds of things that the world is putting forth and propagating and trying to instill in children that are certainly leading them far away from the Lord. 
but we need to tell them the truth about what this world is, about what this world has to offer. And it's not something that is friendly. It's not something that we should be seeking after in our lives as Christians. Uh, I thought of just some of the, some of the different things that are, that are going against the home and against the family and against your children that they're dealing with that we probably would have never thought about. Homosexuality is, it was the first thing that I thought of. Homosexuality this month in the world is, is Pride Month. And there, there's nothing about Pride Month that is godly in, in the least. There's nothing about it that agrees with anything that the Bible has to say. And, and you know, we're not against those people. We're, we're not going to condemn them, but we're not going to agree with their sin. And homosexuality is not a friend to the home. It's not a friend to your family. It's not a friend to your children. Transgenderism is something that is uh, quickly becoming pushed into our homes and our children and in their schools. It's not a friend to your family. The, the, the current uh, culture of, of America right now, there's a lot of racism there's a lot of division between races. That is not something that is friendly to the home or to the family. And again, it's not about skin color. The Bible tells us very clearly that for God so loved the world. He loved all mankind. It doesn't matter what the skin color is. God loves them and God sent his son to die for them. And so we love all mankind because God loved all mankind. But these things that are being pushed, uh, you know, the, 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 in the school systems all across our country, they're starting to teach uh, critical race theory. Uh, praise, uh, th thank God for a, a governor in the state of Florida that saw the error in that and pulled it from the schools here in Florida. Because it taught nothing but the division and the destruction of the current family that God wants us to have. Another thing that we saw this past year uh, was uh, the, the Black Lives Matter push. And, and in their own tenants, on their own website, they put forth that they want to destroy the family as we know it. They're not a friend. The, the thoughts and the things that they are putting forth is not a friend. The world, this world and the the. the it's not the people in the world, all right? It's not, we're, not, we're not dealing with, the Bible tells us later here in the book of Ephesians, we're not uh, wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's not about the people. But Satan is using people in this world to put forth thoughts and things that are going directly against the family, and they're going directly against what is good for your children. I actually put this quote on, uh, on our social media several weeks ago, and Billy Graham said this, when the family is destroyed, society eventually disintegrates. And that's what this world is trying to do. They are trying to destroy the family as God ordained it. And so we need to be very careful and be teaching our children about the world and giving them truth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Parents, be careful about who you let your children be with. The relationships that they have, the people that they're with, the families, the friends, all these things, 
those uh, right here from the Bible, evil communications corrupt good manners. You know, I remember as a boy, I remember my parents saying, well, maybe you can be a good influence on that person. Maybe if you, if you get to know them a little bit more, maybe if you're a better friend to them, maybe you can bring them to church and maybe they'll get saved. And while I love the thought and while I agree with the thought that that is, you know, we have to build relationships with people, but sometimes it's not the best thing for your young child that maybe doesn't know. Because they don't have the strength to stand up against the things when, when it is wrong. And when you put them with, you know, when you put a bunch of good apples with one bad apple, guess what? The bad apple is going to spoil the entire bunch every single time. It's just the way our world is. It's just the way that sin corrupts. And so be careful with the relationships that you allow. Be, be involved in the relationships of your children. Have, uh, you know, find out who they're spending time with. Find out uh, who their, uh, is their friend's home a place that you would approve of them going, and would it be a place where they're going to grow? Would it be a place that is going to help them in their spiritual lives? If not, then have them invite their friend over to your house so you know what's going on, so you can help teach, and maybe you can help be a blessing to another parent's child and maybe lead them to Christ. There's, there's many different ways to do this, but just be careful about the fact that this world is not a friend to your children. So we need to give them truth at home. We need to give them truth about the world, but we also need to give them truth about sin. 1 John 3, 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. That word transgression just means it's the breaking. It's the, it's the going against of the law. And so the things that God has told us to do or the things that he has told us not to do, if we choose to do those things which he's told us not to do or we choose not to do the things he has told us to do, guess what? We have transgressed the law. And we have, I think, done children, teenagers, young people a great disservice a lot of times because in our lives we are um, we're trying to allow sin. We're trying to make sin okay. We're trying to say, well, that sin is not such a big deal. This word is okay to use in certain places. You know, it's okay to use the word if you're not actually using the word, but you're just using a euphemism for it. It's okay to watch that show because there's just one occurrence of the word or one, one scene or, or whatever it may be. And a lot of times we, we, we make sin seem okay and we rationalize it and we make it good for ourselves because that's what our sin nature wants. And yet what we're doing is we're just teaching our kids it's okay to pick and choose what you do and what you don't do. It's okay. So if that sin doesn't apply to us now, what, is, what are you going to do when your child comes up and they decide to do something far worse than that and you go to them and you, and you maybe want to do discipline or whatever and they look at you and they say well you did this I've watched you do that for, for years you know and, and so and a lot of times we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot 
uh, for our child rearing and for, for helping our children and raising them up, bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And we need to be truthful with our kids and tell them the truth about sin. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. This world is, you know, we've already talked about the world and the thing that it's not a friend of us. Uh, but, you know, the things that the world is putting out, the, 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 the lust and, and the, the, the sensual things that the world is portraying and putting out for us and, and saying it's okay. It's okay to dress this way. It's okay to act this way. It's okay to do this and to do it in public. It's okay to live in this way, and it's not. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20, Flee fornication, for every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The, the, the lust and the sensual sin and the things that this world is putting out everywhere you go. And by the way, it's not just for the guys anymore. It's for the, the, the girls as well. Uh, you know, pornography is something that kids are dealing with in elementary school. I don't know what this, the recent statistics are, but uh, back several years ago, uh, I believe the statistic was like one in every four child has been exposed to pornography before the age of 10. A quarter of them. That is not something that is, that is good. That is not something that is okay. And so we need to be, be, be truthful and tell the truth to our children about sin in their lives. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When sin happens, and it's going to happen because we're human and we are sinful people, but when it happens, tell them the truth that they can turn to Christ, that they can be forgiven, that they can still have that close relationship with God. But confession is agreeing. That word means to agree with God. We need to teach our kids to agree with God that sin is sin and that it's wrong. It's not something that he approves of. And so we see that we, we need to teach our children. We need to uh, help them and we need to train them. We need to give them these things in their life. They, they need teaching. They need truth. But can I also say that they need time? They need time with their parents. They need time from you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. I was told uh, when I was in Bible college that um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a class that we had on, on, on the Christian home that women translate love as time, spending time 
with them. And so they were teaching us that as men, we needed to spend time with the person that we were going to marry and ultimately when we got married to spend time with them. But they also said the same thing is true of children. Children equate time with love. If we don't spend any time with children, what are they going to think? Mom and dad don't love me. Or they only love me when this happens or when that happens or when it's necessary or whatever it may be. Children need time with their families. Something every child needs from their parents is time. They need a relationship with you that only comes through time given to them. I think the times when I was most disappointed with with my dad growing up was the times that he said he would do something And sometimes he'd even say, I I promise you we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And sometimes those things never happened. And I think sometimes those are the things that disappointed me most because I was looking forward to spending time with my dad or with my mom in certain circumstances. And child translates time as love. If you want your child to know that you love them, spend time with them. They need you. Children need you. See, the, the, the thing is, is that they, they spend an enormous amount of time, if, you, if they're in the public school system, they spend an enormous amount of time away from the home and away from you being trained and indoctrinated by the philosophies and the things that this world wants to teach them. And so even if you come home in the evenings after work and you try and talk with them or you try and do things with them, it's very hard in a couple of hours in the evening time to undo what has happened throughout the entire day. It's even harder when parents bring their children to the church and they think that the church is just supposed to fix their children. Because for the average teenager, they may spend 50 to maybe 80 hours a year in church in a teen class and that's probably on the high side and they get that in just a couple of weeks of school and so how is the church supposed to undo everything the world is indoctrinating with so much time children have to have time with their chi- with their parents under God's word with truth and with training and teaching There's an old phrase that says, rules without a relationship breeds rebellion. And if there is no relationship, then then following the rules really doesn't matter. Having this relationship is something that must be taught and caught by the next generation. We've got to teach it to them, yes, but we've also got to be an example of it to them. They've got to see it lived out in us. It is something that must be taught and lived out by parents, grandparents, adults, friends, church members. These, uh, you know, as I said earlier, these children are looking and they're watching and they're seeing everything that we do when we're here. Well, are they seeing Christ? Are they seeing God's word? Are they seeing the truths of God's word? Are they being admonished and being brought up in the nurture and the admonition when they're here? Or are they seeing things that is pushing them or taking them away from the Lord? 
Our lives are being watched, and if we're not careful, we may very well lead the next generation down a path that God does not want, even if it is not maybe our intent to do so. And so can I remind us that children need teaching. They need truth, but they need time. And each one of us can have a part in helping the next generation as we exemplify Christ in our lives to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And before we close, I just want to give this last thought tonight to Shannon. All right, this is just for you. All right. Remember that the things of this world are only temporary and they have no eternal value. As you step into this next phase of life, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek Christ first. Remember that God's word is your most prized possession. It's there to help you on your journey through life. It can comfort you, it can guide you, it can convict you, it can instruct you. It can help you to please God in all that you do. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, uh, uh, I have, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart, excuse me, that I might not sin against thee. Put God's word in your life and take it as your most prized possession. And lastly, remember that one day you will give an account of everything that you have done in your life. Live your life in a way that will always bring glory to God and look always to the prize that God has for you as you finish life's race. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And so remember those three things as you step into college and as you do what God wants you to do. And let's close in a word of prayer tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing in our families, in our church, in our lives. Lord, help us to bring up our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, Father, I pray that you would help us uh, to see tonight that we need to be a part of that, whether we have children or not. And Lord, we have a part and we can be a part. And so Lord, I pray that you would use this message. Lord, I pray that you have spoken to hearts. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to uh, teach our children, to give our children truth, and to give our children time. And Lord, I pray that our families would glorify the name of Christ in everything that is done in our homes. And uh, Lord, I pray that it would point people to you. And we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.